So guys, welcome to another episode of the Ike MMA show or the Ike MMA podcast, whichever you prefer. And I'm joined here today with mixed martial arts athlete, uh, MMA fighter, Armand Her- Herzeg the Crane. Yeah, yeah, the no, Crane, Armand the Crane, Herzeg. And guys, he'll be fighting at Clan Wars um, later on this month, just in about the next week and a half or so, May 22nd, taking on the assassin, um, Corey... Um, I can't pronounce his surname. Is it Corey McLaughlin? McLaughlin. McLaughlin, excuse me. So look, man, how are you feeling? How feeling good, going? man. Feeling, feeling great, man. Training's been going very well. Preparation's okay. been great. So looking forward to it. Um, look, I like to take things to the, the beginning so I, so now I can get to know the fights a little bit because it was the first time that I'm interviewing you even though there's uh, some information about you online. But just to guess know who you are and your background and everything, um, he he started by telling us just how your interest in mixed martial arts and in particular um, combat sports, how it all starts and how it all came about. Yeah, so when when I was younger, we used to live in Canada. So I'm originally from Hungary, but uh, we moved over to Canada for a while. And then uh, when we lived there, I um, was watching one of the UFCs. It was Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz too, mm-hmm. and seen Chuck Liddell knock out Tito Ortiz, kind of fell in love with the sport as a fan of watching it and all that, so kept watching it and all, ended up never doing any combat sports until I was about probably 10 or 11, did a wee bit of boxing, then I did a wee bit of kickboxing as well, got my yellow belt in kickboxing, nothing really major, you know, was just showing up to class and that, Yeah. didn't like kickboxing because it was like contact, so you couldn't go full on, even in sparring or anything like that, even though Obviously now at this stage I know you don't do that, but at the time with competitions and all light contact just I just didn't enjoy that. Sure. They like tipping people, you know. With boxing you couldn't kick and all, so I didn't enjoy that either. And then when I was about fifteen years old, one of my mates, he was doing mixed martial arts with, with Darren, my coach over at Sanda. He told me about the gym and all and told me to join up and went there one day and he was actually in the middle of moving gyms. So when I went over I was like, Oh no way, the gym's closing down, you know, my it's pure my luck and then we ended up just moving across the road and then since then I've been with Aaron so that's about six nearly seven years now What's awesome so it's like each um, aspects of mixed martial arts the boxing the kickboxing jiu-jitsu you kind of like you tried and you tested each one and what you didn't like is that you were kind of like you didn't like like the fact that you just you can only use one way of going the offensive and one way of going the defensive. You couldn't be much more, let's say, flexible with the um, what skills you have in your artillery. Um, I don't, I don't actually know why I didn't. I would have loved boxing. I think if I yeah. would have stuck to it a lot longer, I never sparred when I did boxing and all. And I think just at my age, um, my commitment level wasn't there when I when I went to it. So when I did go to it, I wasn't fully committed to it or anything like that. I went out to one or two classes. I didn't do boxing for long. I didn't kick boxing for a lot longer. But then um, I was big into playing like football as well. So I really wanted to become a professional footballer and all. But then obviously yeah. sitting on the bench the whole time, you don't yeah. really have a chance yeah. at that. So then the, yeah. that didn't go to plan either, obviously. Um, and then switched over to MMA and just kept kept doing MMA until here we are today, you know. No, it's not, not, not good. Um, I just remember one of the interviews I did with another um, fighter just a, nearly a month ago. Now, he kind of he starts with football when it comes to, when it came to like just getting involved in sports, 
And I think um, at some point he kind of changed his mind. He wanted to go into some mixed martial arts later on because I think there was an aspect of treatment. So like when you have an injury or so, you're not really taken care of in comparison to, to combat sports. I mean, but I do know that football does pay you a lot of money. You get lots of privileges. MMA, unless you're with a particular promotion, such as, say, the UFC, not so much. So, I mean, let's say things such as money and other sorts of privileges didn't attract you to stay in, in one particular sport, such as football. Well, like, I just done football for the fun of it. I never, oh. when I was younger, I obviously had the aspirations of playing for my national team and stuff like that. You know, this is me at, like, 14 years of age, running around at an at a astrophot pretending that I'm Ronaldo running down the wing, you know, like, didn't have much of a yeah. much of a vision for it. I just thought, you know, one day there's going to be a scout watching a Sunday league game and that'll be me picked up, you know. But obviously I wasn't even that great at football or anything like that. I literally just done it for the fun of it. I'd still play football to this day, just just for the enjoyment, you know, a few five-a-sides and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then uh, once I competed in mixed martial arts and once I competed in MMA and, and all the different styles that I did do, once I competed, the uh, first ever style I competed in was uh, Wushu Sanda, which is our background. Which sure. is why we're called stand MMA as well. It's Chinese kickboxing. It has a bit of grappling in it. So you take the person down, stand back up as well as kickboxing as well in it. So that was the first time I ever competed and, and winning that, winning the, the tournament and that and all, that just got me hooked to it. Then I had my first K1 fight as well and I won there as well. And ever since then, we've just been looking forward to every fight, you know. Nice, nice, nice. No, and so I, even when you're sparring and uh, just you're kind of hissing a bag or just sparring with a training partner with a coach, uh, can I say this from my ex- own experience? It does feel very therapeutic if, if you've had a bad day, really, sh- really shitty day, dealing with lots of shitty people. It feels like it's a really good way to vent all that frustration and calm yourself down, isn't it? Definitely. I think with, with sparring, especially like if you're having a bad day and, and you have a good sparring session, it will change your mood completely. You know, you you might not be going in and, and outclassing everyone in your sparring sessions because everyone is competing at a high level as well. But when you're when you're trying out combinations or trying out a new submission you learned or a new takedown and you're landing it and, and you're getting and that's just mental wins and, and, and it's good achievements and it just makes you feel a lot better. And a good hard session as well will always make you feel better as well. Mm. And you just switch off from the real world whenever you're in the gym, like so. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, getting into mixed martial arts, obviously, you know, is it does have the brutal aspects of the brutal side of it. You know, we everybody sees in the cage. So just so this past weekend, a UFC 74 with Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. Um, there hasn't been any concerns from your family or any close friends or relatives about your health, but really serious injuries this, at all? This is the sport we're in. Like, you're saying that's the brutal part, but I think that's the beautiful part, you know? <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. the beautiful part of the sport. Someone has to lose and someone has to win. And and if someone gets caught with a spectacular kick like that, you know, it happens. Like, I've had one or two injuries that have scared me. I had a really bad black eye, which I thought was a broken orbital bone before. But... um that was one time where I was actually scared and I was like, right, that's it. If I have to get like plastic surgery or anything on my face, you know, that's the career I'm done with. So that was something that scared me myself. Mm. But when it did actually happen, I was just, I said it to my sparring partner because we were actually just flowing and just moving and all. And I just yeah. decided to like do a little roll, but I kind of dropped my head too low. And he thought I was throwing an inside leg kick at the same time. And he lifted his knee to block it. And I headbutted his knee. 
So it was a, it was a very bad injury. And, and I initially was like to him, you know, it's grand. It's part of the game. You know, these things happen. I wasn't as freaking out, but he was freaking out a lot more than I was, you know, and just because he actually seen what my yeah. face looked like. And then I just, I just sort of said it like, look, these things happen. It's all part of the game. I'm getting into a physical sport and one of the most physical sports in the world. So for me to turn around and be like, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to me is just a complete and utter lie. And if, if, if my parents expect that as well, then, you know, that's that's not what's going to happen. Like, my mom always says it to me. She doesn't understand why I am doing the fight. And if they didn't bait me when I was a kid, why am I yeah. letting someone try and bait me now? Like, you know? Yeah. But she she's a big fan of martial arts now. When I started, she would watch it with her eyes closed. But now she loves it. She absolutely loves watching the grassroots ah, MMA. She, that's awesome. She enjoys all the shows. My dad, he sets up a lot of the cages for some of the MMA shows. So he's big into the MMA as well now. He always was. He's he's into sports, a few sports himself, but he loves fighting. You know, that's one thing he's always loved. So I think that's kind of where I got the fighting coming from, you know. So your fight coming up in, on May 22nd um, against the assassin, um, Corey McLaughlin. Yeah. I got it right. Um, how how are you preparing for the fight? How's fight camp going? How's your diet going? And how's training and overall preparation going? So diet's going really well. You know, I have a nutritionist, Yannick McGee, and he's been helping me with my weight cuts the last two to three fights. You know, and he's helping me with this one as well. So he's he's been a good help for it. I've been working with him a lot longer. I have had other fights that I was getting ready for, but then got injured, so I didn't actually get to go to the weight cut process. But he's made every process of it a lot easier, a lot better. Training-wise, ever since, you know, everything's opening back up and all, we don't really do fight camps. What we do is we just actively keep training and keep training at a good level. Obviously, whenever we book a fight, we pick that level up. But, like, I, I want to be fighting monthly to at least every six weeks, you know. So, with that, it's not really a fight camp where I don't – I come in, train for eight weeks or 12 weeks and then take a little break and then do it again. We're not professionals yet. So, at an amateur level – you want to be trying to do that the same way as boxers would do it. You know, they're fighting in week in, week out, constantly growing. It doesn't matter what their record is. They're just learning and growing from it. That's what I try to mimic. You know, that's what we over at Sander try to mimic. Another teammate of mine, Jess Paolo, has been the most active so far this year out of the gym. He's constantly fighting. He's a two title fights coming up now as well. So that's what we'll just do. We'll just keep going and keep going. And... In terms of weights, have you have you had to? Would you have to make weight for this particular fight? Would I have to make weight? Yeah, as in, do you have to so come like, down I mean, weight? Like, do I have to cut weight. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, was... I, I cut a good bit of weight. Like, um, obviously, with the help of my nutritionist, it's got it's gotten to be made a lot easier. But yeah, I do have a weight cut. I have to get down the featherweight. So. It's... I think what I really should have asked is, I know you, you obviously would have to make, but I think I should ask you what your current weight is. I mean, is it su- such that you had to, as in uh, your dieting and even training, would have to be so strict to get rid of lots of weight and lots of water retention, you know? Well, my my diet would be strict in the fact that if I eat shite, my body's going to feel like shite. You know? okay. So if I don't yeah. eat healthy, my body's not going to recover healthy. Um it's more of a thing where, obviously, when I'm not getting ready for fights, I probably not pay attention to my calorie intake and my sodium intake and stuff like that as much. But then when it comes closer to the fight, you have to start taking stuff out of your diet and stuff like that. So that way I would, and I obviously eat a lot healthier when I'm in 
quote unquote camp or like four weeks out from a fight than I would be eight to six weeks out. You know, about two weeks before the last month of the fight, I'd still be eating like healthy food, home cooked meals and all, but as much portions as I like, and then kind of start cutting it back a wee bit then. And you never had to, um, because just some of the things that I've seen in the past in mixed martial arts, but certain fighters have, okay, they made the weight, but it's just the system just can't take being that lean or that deficient of certain, of certain amounts of calories. Um, you never cut weight so badly that you've, when you weighed in a few days before fight night or fight day, that you've almost collapsed on the scale or kind of. No, no. No. We've never touched anything, anything to dangerous levels before. Even before I worked with Yannick, I, I, I feel like my weight cuts were always at a good level. Darren knows what he's at with weight cuts as well. I kind of moved over to a nutritionist not because he doesn't have a clue, but because it takes stress off him. You know, he's doing the job of like a load of other people. And like if I bring more people into my team and, and it takes stress off him as well, then then you can focus more on just the game plan and the training. He doesn't have to focus on what else I'm eating, how do I cut this, what do I do this. So that way it takes stress off his shoulders as well. And with that, like, all my weight cuts have gone very, very well. Like, years ago when I was 18, I, well, not even that long ago, when I was 18, I fought at 63 and a half kilos sure. um, as well. So, you know, I, I, caught, I fought at lower weights as well. So... The weight cuts, they're not, they're not a horrible, horrible feeling for me. I do enjoy doing them more now than I did before. Obviously having someone who has a, has been working at it for years and all, it makes it a lot easier, but they haven't been horrible to the point where like I was nearly hospitalized or anything like that. Well, you, okay, that, that, that's good. You've never, um, so you've never drastically as in lost so much weight to you to a point that whereby I've heard this, you're, you can actually feel your brain kind of wobbling or rattling inside your skull as well. No, I've never been in that situation. I think that's oh. just taking it a step too far. Maybe mm. professionals would be, should be doing that, but as an amateur, you shouldn't even be getting near that level. Like, that's not mm. a point. Like, yeah. if you're really trying to, if you're really that worried about an extra two, three kilos of weight to be heavier by two or three kilos than your opponent, then, like, what do you do really? Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, okay, but if maybe in future, and you see the sort of fight money you're going to be guessing for the fight, and they did see you saw the weight you had to make was it was going to be a challenge for you. Would you try and make that weight? Like, do I value my health over money? Uh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's, am I am I really going to risk my health for say like a hundred grand if I'm already at that level where I could go up weight class, fight someone else, and make yeah, the same amount yeah. of money? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of them things where do you really have to like risk yourself that much? I'm already risking my health by getting in that cage. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, that's a good answer. Good answer. Um, you know. Now your opponent um, that you're going to be facing on 22nd of May, um, his fight record and your fight record aren't too too different. Uh, what do you make of him? Um, he's a great opponent. He is actually a great test for myself. He's more of a striker like myself, so. I'm hoping we'll get to actually stand with each other. A lot of my opponents have, well, I'd say all of them, to be honest, majority of them, I'd say maybe one of them not, but all of them have shot against me, tried to take me down or have submitted me. You know, they've just been better grapplers. Most of the boys that I faced have been blue belts, purple belts, brown belts, you know, stuff like that. So high-level grapplers, whereas myself, I'm a high-level striker. So obviously I've had to work on my grappling, which I don't mind. I like testing myself against the grapplers to learn what I'm going to have to see against the pro level. 
but led him to a bit of a change where it's a fella who has a few nice knockouts. He's a, come from a boxing background. He's, you know, he has that stand-up style that I can match up well against and then I get to test myself against that. So I'm looking forward to it a lot. Okay. Okay, that's, uh, I like what you said there. Um, uh, some people would um, kind of like, well, not that I've interviewed it, but some people, that, um, some interviews I've listened to before in the past, they uh, would kind of, this kind of branches onto something else that I would ask you about, like trash talking. They would kind of um, shit talk their opponents a little bit, but you don't seem to be um, that sort of person at all. Um, there's not really a point. Look, I've, yeah, yeah. I've done that in the past. I've had that with, uh, with opponents before, you know, where they've talked shit about me, I've talked shit about them. And, and if they, if, usually I would, I wouldn't, unless they said something about me that I didn't like, you know. So then I'd, I'd say something back, obviously, stick up for myself, whatever, but I don't have anything against Corey. I actually like his style. I think it's very, it's a good style, you know. And, and I'm really actually looking forward. I've wanted to actually fight him for a while. I had to pull out of, of a fight against him and then he pulled out of a fight against me. Sure. So we've been waiting for this fight for a while. And it was meant to happen before. So it's going to be a great test. The two of us know about each other for a while and, we meant to fight, so now finally we get to do it. Touch wood, hopefully. Definitely, I look forward to seeing it. I look, look I look forward to seeing you stepping in the cage, twenty second of May. Um, now, your nickname, the Crane. Yeah. Just think about it. Where do you get? Where did you pick that up from? Who gave you that nickname? Did you assign it to yourself? Or? I, I didn't pick it. So my coach Darren Sonic came up with the name when I came into the gym at fifteen. I was probably like maybe 59 kilo, 60 kilo fella going to be fighting about maybe 57, 56 kilos uh, eventually, you know I did, I, I didn't cut too much weight but like, you know, don't eat, sleep and go to sleep for the day, you, you lose a bit of weight the way, the size difference between me and a lot of my opponents and the long legs of mine and long wingspan just came with the crane and the crane board, you know, so that's where it comes from Interesting, very interesting. Because, yeah. um, well, the nicknames sometimes it's um, uh, it's just a random name that they give um, certain people. When you when you meet the fighter, when you meet the athlete, you kind of think, mm, well, you can't see the connection between them and the nickname that they've been given. So, I just thought um, it'd be interesting to hear the backstory behind that. Yeah, it just came from that. But then, obviously, like myself, I I enjoy the name. It it suits me. It suits my my size and, and my size advantage that I do have against my opponents and I kind of just creating a wee brand out of it and running away with it so may as well I like it Okay, um, I don't know your age but I'm I'm assuming you must be very young maybe around 21, 22 Yeah, 21 so You're still very, very young and still in very much the early stages of your career Um, In future I know you're still an, an amateur but when you do turn pro um which of the big, as in promotions, um, would you like to see yourself in? I mean, I know, I know most people would turn around and turn with the most obvious one, the, the UFC, but I've seen that in the past that people who have asked, that's not necessarily always the case. I mean, which one would actually um, attract you the most? So, obviously, from being the first organisation I've ever seen in all the UFC is the main attraction, but... Yeah. My goals are to see what route I can take to get there. So what organizations I can fight before going there. And one route I look at is, you know, Cage Warriors is there, which is a great organization. Uh, it would be a great opportunity to fight on there. I'd love to, as well as maybe Brave. And then 
obviously if I get the opportunity I could even fight on Bellator if it ever comes to Dublin you know so there's few options I don't know yet we have to see how we finish off the amateur career I'm not really in a rush I was in a rush last year to turn pro I was a bit impatient and eager and then I realised after I went to the IMAPs I realised the level of grappling I need to get to mm-hmm. to actually be ready to step to the next level and then I was like you know what we'll take a step back we'll stay Obviously, amateur Darren wasn't going to let me turn pro anyway, but mentally, I was like, oh, I want to go pro. I think I'm ready and all. And then, now we're slowly progressing and starting to understand the game. Same thing happened to me with my K1 career. At first, I was losing a couple of fights, winning a couple of fights and all, and then it, everything just clicked for me. All the striking and all the angles and, and everything just clicked for me, and then all the titles started coming in, and I was just raking in everything, you know. So, same thing would happen with MMA. I know but it's starting to click now, so more and more I fight the better I get you know I've kind of repeated the question I've asked you but you know depending on which organisation you go to or kind of like in between the lines will determine what you're going to be enjoying the most I mean if you go to the UFC you get lots of fame lots of exposure and you know because you're fighting the biggest mixed martial arts promoter on earth uh, a lot of people around the world especially in the US and in your home country will know who you are if it's the other places such as Bellator, um, PFL, One Championship, or even Cage Warriors, I think you'll enjoy more of the financial rewards than the fame because they're not so, they don't commercialize or glamorize the sport that much in comparison to the UFC. I do that, particular, I, I see that in particular with Bellator when you're comparing it to the UFC. Well, the Bellator, Bellator probably pays better though. Yeah, know, like, they do, yeah. It probably it would pay better than the UFC. Obviously, the fame doesn't come with better part it does with the UFC. But my goal is to reach the UFC and fight at the pinnacle of the sport. And if I get myself a good enough name, a good enough brand off what I'm trying to build, as well as turn pro and be a good enough pro, the, the money will come from other places as well. It won't just come, you know, from fights. And, and I'm going to build off of that as well. You know, I can't have one source of income and that be fighting. I need to have multiple sources in this world to survive, you know. Even in terms of sponsorships? Sponsorships and stuff like that as well. Yeah, 100%. And even like I have other other ambitions in life. You know, yeah, I love course, fighting. Yeah. Fighting is what I want to do. But I have ambitions for opening up businesses and all. And this is this fighting yeah. is just a gateway for that, you know. No, definitely. I uh, I, li- I like that a lot. I like that. Uh, so look, um, I think I'll ask you a thing. I need. I'd like to ask you is just to see you fight on May twenty second. Um, is there anyone who that anyone who you'd like to give a shout out to? Any sponsors? Any family, close friends, coaches, or teams? Gyms? Yeah, just a big shout out to obviously the full team. Myself and Shay Leatham's going to be fighting on the show together. We're actually both fighting. Uh, I'm fighting Corey, and he's fighting Bradley, Corey's teammate. So we're fighting two teammates, fighting two teammates, two strikers, fighting two strikers. So it's a uh, two good matchups there on Clan Wars. It's two two good fights to look out for. So shout out to Jess and Caleb and Liam as well, who's fighting this weekend in boxing. Then obviously to the main man himself, Darren Sonic. Shout out to my sponsors, that's Yannick, Manny the Barber as well. So big shout out to my family and my girlfriend as well. You know, everyone's been very supportive and all the people that are at the fights and on. You know. I will definitely include the uh, the names and the links to all of all those names and organizations in the description box below for YouTube. And uh yeah, uh thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no worries. Guys, um thank you for watching this episode. If you did like it, please don't forget to leave a like and please do subscribe. Uh, you can follow um 
our man. I'll leave his own social media information, Instagram and Twitter, in the description box below, as well as my own. And yeah, Armand, thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And good luck for 22nd of May. Thank you. Take care.